Morning, Reading Family Church, and all those who are also visiting and our guests this morning. It is a huge privilege this morning to share the Word of God. So my name is Blessing Makumbe. I'm one of the leaders uh, in this church. There are certain times when you come and you want to share the Word of God with great confidence uh, because you know that God has spoken to you and you have something really to, to share with the church. And there are other times that you come and you trust the Holy Spirit to, to use you. Today is one of those days because, uh, as you would know, yesterday South Africa won rugby. <laughs> I had said I'm not going to talk about it, but unfortunately, I just have to start from there. <laughs> so sleeping has been an issue. <laughs> At one in the morning, I was telling myself, I'm going to be preaching, I have to sleep. But I just could not sleep, so... I am relying on the power of the Holy Spirit today, not, uh, <laughs> not on my own abilities because my body is a little bit uh, still catching up with the events uh, that happened yesterday. But also part of it is um, we traveled for half term with uh, uh, Sarah and Alex. We were away in, uh, in Houston and uh, looking at NASA and what they are doing. It was Alex's uh, fifth birthday and birthday gift and we thought let's take him there. Um, and while we were there, uh, what also happened is I just had an encounter there, just thinking, if I as an earthly father can do something as special as that for my son, what more his heavenly father who has access, who has access to the universe, things that we have no clue or idea, we have never seen or imagined with our eyes, they are planning the next mission to the moon and all the things that they are doing, you know, you are seeing the temperature in the moon, you are seeing the temperature in Mars, and all kinds of things that they are doing there. And it just hit me that I am limited as a, as a father on, on earth. I have my thoughts and what I think is good for him, but it's nothing in comparison. It pales in comparison with what God has in store for him. And when we are in a series like Kingdom Come, we are relying on a kingdom that is far greater, far greater than us, far greater than your imagination or thoughts, as you would say in Ephesians uh, 3 verse 20, that I will do far more than you can imagine or dream of as you continue to trust him. And this is what I'm hoping for Reading Family Church as I stood there and began to pray and say, Lord, reveal yourself. We are in the Kingdom Come series. We want to see you. We want to see your glory. We want to see far more than what I as a human being can ever imagine or dream of. I want to see, you know, things that are beyond, things that are beyond my imagination. And as we step into this Kingdom Come series, as we are going through it, and today we'll look at a section of it, may that be the heart posture that we have, that we'll see something greater and bigger than what we can possibly do as earthly beings. So today we're going to look at the Kingdom Prayer. I'm calling it the Kingdom Prayer. It is based on Matthew chapter 6. We're going to leverage on the breadth of Matthew chapter 6. I am trusting God we are going to tear down the Lord's Prayer uh, section by section. I am believing that there are certain sections that will resonate more with you as we go along. So just open up your hearts, trust Him to speak to you this morning, and together we will see what He does. So I'll pray and then we, we jump into it. Heavenly Father, I just come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, trusting you to speak to us, to use me as a vessel. Uh, to speak through me to your church. May this morning be a significant moment for us to really imagine this kingdom, the kingdom of God, that is far greater than 
what we have ever comprehended with our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if we can turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, uh, I will read from verse 1 to 13. I will use the NIV version. Um, so Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 to 13. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your, from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have, uh, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of uh, their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, forgive, as, as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When you are reading from the NIT version, where it's talking about things that you need to do in secret, NIT refers to things that you do in, uh, in private. And so I have been reflecting and thinking about this whole chapter, chapter six, and also the Lord's Prayer, specifically on the Lord's Prayer when he goes and he starts and he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What do we really mean when we are saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name? And I found it quite interesting that the opening piece is really spending some time talking about three key aspects. There is a portion as well until verse 18 where he's talking about our giving, the posture of our hearts when it comes to our giving, the posture of our hearts when it comes to our prayer, the posture of our hearts when it comes to fasting. And these are but just three examples that have been picked here about the posture of our hearts. And effectively, what he's saying is, if you are doing certain things to be seen by other people, so you're giving, you're doing your giving to be seen by other people, then your reward is when they say, wow, you're so generous, that is good. That is your reward and it is done. But the Heavenly Father does not acknowledge what you have done because you have taken all the glory for yourself and not, no, none for him. Effectively, what he's challenging us to do is to spend some time in secret things, in, in seeking him, in praying, in private time, saying our giving should be in private, our prayer life should be in private, and also our, you know, our fasting and every other aspect that we do as we are serving God should truly be driven by a private life. And when I was reflecting on that, I mean, even sharing that I was in, in, in NASA with, uh, with Alex, I shared from her heart that I spent time praying and saying, I don't want to make it about me, but I want to make it about God and about his kingdom. Because we miss the mark so many times making things about ourselves 
less about the king and, and, and his kingdom. And the picture I had is a picture of an iceberg. Um, really, that, that began to, to challenge me. That when we are making this declaration, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we are giving him all the praise that he deserves. All the praise that he deserves. But this is a tip, the tip of the iceberg. Underneath what you are doing in your private life, what you are doing in secret, is really, really seeking him. Is really, really knowing him. So when we come and when we begin to pray on a Sunday like this, it has to be informed by the private life, by the private time that you're spending in prayer with Christ. It, it has to be an overflow. What is happening deep within has to be something that where you are spending time with God. I, I am giving, yes, I'm giving, but I am doing it deep within. And when we see it on Sunday, it's just an overflow of who you are. When we see you raising your hands on a Sunday, it's an overflow of the private time you have been spending with Christ. It's, a private, it's, it's an overflow of what you have been doing. When you're fasting, you know, and you come and you're praising, there's a lot that is happening underneath. And I want to encourage us as Reading Family Church, let us invest time in what is happening in private. Let us invest time in what is happening in secret with our God so that when we come and we give him that praise, it all belongs to him. It's less about us, but all back to him. And so I say as a challenge that can we ensure that our private lives, can we ensure that that which we do in secret informs our public life? Can we ensure that you know, we are not being driven by the glory of men, of, of public display. I am doing this so that you see and I get accolades from you. That is now being driven by the public, public life. That is now being, be, being driven by wanting to please you. Rather, let's reinvert re re it again. You know, our kingdom is a kingdom that of upside-down kingdom. It is challenging us to invest time in the private, spending time with God growing our roots deeper in him, Hallelujah. getting to know who he is. And so that when we come and we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You deserve all the praise. We were singing beautiful songs this morning, saying that all the praise belongs to you. Less about me, more about you. You know, as John is seeing what is happening between uh, Jesus and John and the disciples of John are saying, our, we are losing followers. They're all going to Jesus. And then John comes and he declares, let him increase as I decrease. It is all about him. It is all about Christ. And so when we say, hallowed be your name, it is about him, the Savior and the King of Kings. Are we together, church? Very good. And we move on to the second part where he mentions and he says, your kingdom come, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here I decided to choose three verses. There's a lot more verses that you find in this breadth of Matthew chapter, chapter 6. It's a rich, rich uh, passage. I encourage you to spend some time reading. But as he's talking about, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if we read verse 20, it encourages us and it challenges us and it says, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. Verse 21, for where your, your treasure is, there your heart will, will be also. 
Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be uh, given to you as well. I think this is a powerful illustration of the kingdom that we believe in, the kingdom of God. A kingdom that is incorruptible, a kingdom that is everlasting, that was there before time will be there after time, after our own defined, pre defined time here on earth. It is a kingdom that lasts. It is a kingdom where thieves cannot steal. It is a kingdom where moth, where rust has no access. It is a kingdom that cannot perish. This is the kingdom that we are calling and we are saying, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Reading Family Church, I'm trusting God that you do not miss this. This is the kingdom that we are calling. And so we're calling upon a kingdom that is far greater than our imagination, that is far greater than what we can dream or imagine, because we have limitations. Everyone in this place has limitations. You have some strengths, you have certain things that you are good at, but you have other things that you are not so good at. And oftentimes we limit people, we limit our teams based on our strengths. But here we can leverage on a kingdom that is far greater, far greater than what we can ever dream or imagine. And that's the kingdom that we call upon when we call him and we say, come, come kingdom of God, come, come kingdom of God. We're calling on, on a kingdom that is far greater, that can bring peace even in situations, even in storms. Peace be still, we can call upon that kingdom that will come and break barriers and, and things and chains that have been tying you down. That is the kingdom that we believe. And this is the kingdom that we're declaring as we are saying, kingdom come, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. In your situation, the kingdom of God can come. Yes. It is far greater. It is far greater than your situation. When you call upon your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are calling upon a greater kingdom. You are leveraging on something that is beyond your imagination. And that is the kingdom that we believe in, Reading Family Church. That is the kingdom that we believe in. I also spoke about 6 verse 33 that encourages us to seek first his kingdom and all the things shall be added unto us. And I also ask you, how do you personally practice seeking first the kingdom of God? I, I, we have different patterns. People are totally different. Some are night owls. Some are morning people. I make it intentional that I wake up with a prayer on my heart. I spend time seeking, reading his word before I do a lot of things. Seeking first his kingdom, plugging myself into his, into his kingdom. I really am so thankful. I mean, we have so, so many uh, people who are doing even our giving our debit orders that are going out. For me, I'm still very manual, so forgive me for that. As soon as I get my salary, I love to then give personally and put a prayer associated with that as well. But for you, it may be totally different. And my question to you this morning is, how do you seek first his kingdom before you seek everything else? That, that will be added unto you. What are those rhythms and routines that you are putting in your life to seek first the kingdom of God? I don't know how it looks like for you. I just gave you a, an example of how I, I do it, which is not the right answer, by the way. I, I, I'm sure someone will tell me, please put an <laughs> automatic debit order, whatever the case may be. Um, but what are those rhythms that you are putting in place to seek first his kingdom, to demonstrate that I will seek first that kingdom of God before everything else? before anything else is added into my life. Then it goes on and it says, give us today our daily bread. And on this one, I also chose three 
verses to help us reflect a little bit on this. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I think we have had some really beautiful illustrations this morning already about how God comes through for us in specific situations. The, the testimony that Mary gave is truly in line with he provides our daily bread. There's a phenomenon I'm still learning and, and, and wanting to understand. And so if you believe you have a good answer for me, I would love to hear the, the answer. It's a phenomenon where if I go to any petrol station in, in Reading, not on the motorway, but in, uh, in Reading, uh, I normally find you know, people have put 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds fuel, uh, petrol, station, petrol in their cars. Um, it's within that range. I, I, I often don't really find someone who's fueling up and putting a food tank. When I go to the petrol station, I put a food tank in my car. And, and I've been asking myself, I mean, I, every time I go, I ask Sarah, look at the pumps. Look at the amounts that are on the pump. Uh, what, what is going on here? I, I, I don't quite uh, fully comprehend it, but I think I'm almost getting there because maybe I come from Zimbabwe. I mean, we, when I found fuel, <laughs> I, I did not have a, a, a choice that maybe I'll put uh, you know, 20, 30. I had to fill up my tank because I didn't know when next I would, uh, I would get fuel. So maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's where, I don't know, maybe this is what is informing why I always fill up my tank. But I'm, all, I'm also fascinated. I mean, in, 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 there's a discipline I love about the Brits, which I need to learn. I mean, you find someone walking out with a small little bottle of milk. That's all they went to buy at the shop. Like a small, I'm asking myself, how, how is, because again, I think where I come from, you had to shop because you didn't know where next uh, the supplies you'd, you'd get again. So I think we have a good understanding of daily bread, uh, especially in England. I mean, just <laughs> fuel for two or three days and then you go back again. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> to the petrol station. Uh, I still need some answers around that uh, just to understand how we do. But what I love about this, give us uh, today our daily bread. His mercies are new every morning. We were singing about it. We were making a declaration. We, we heard about it as well when Kat came and spoke about the oranges as well. His mercies are new every morning. This is daily. Every morning you get a new dosage of mercy. <laughs> what has happened yesterday is no longer relevant today because his mercies are new every morning. You can leverage on his daily grace. I want your daily grace. Your mercies are new every morning. You provide for my needs. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill, but I am trusting you, Jesus, that you will do it for me. His mercies, daily bread. Church, we can leverage on the power of Christ. We were at the airport uh, coming back, and we still have to go through that windy, long queue, uh, which takes hours just to get clearance to come into South Africa, uh, to come into uh, England. And I, I, I had a meeting straight after, and I was saying to Sarah, hey, I have a meeting. I don't know how I'm going to make this meeting. And uh, as we were just 
I say the prayer there. I don't know how because this queue is too long. Uh, the, the immigration officer came and single-handedly picked Sarah, Alex, and I off the long queue into a place where there was no one there. And then Sarah's like, well, what just happened there? <laughs> Sarah's like, it must be my bottle. I dropped my bottle. I'm like, no, 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 it's not your bottle. We trusted God for our daily provision. This is the most important thing we needed to do to clear immigration as fast as we could. But we, you could, we couldn't see a way around it. But we trusted him for daily bread in that moment, and he came through. And you can trust God for daily provision. I mean, thank you, Mary, for being bold and sharing your testimony this morning. I hope it encouraged your soul that this is the God that we leverage on. This is the God that we call. He can provide for our daily needs. There's an emphasis here. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry. And we spend a lot of time worry, concern, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. And again, we start making it about ourselves. We start making it about our abilities on how do I fix this? How do I solve this matter? And so we obsess about and less about him. Here is a clear reminder. He gives daily bread and you can stand firm on his word and his promises and you say, I am calling you, this is a promise that you make. I am going to stop worrying, less about worry, but more about him. Amen. Then he goes on and he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive uh, our, uh, our debtors. And here, there's also a beautiful two verses that, he, that I see in Matthew chapter 6. He says, for if you forgive other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. This is a very, very challenging matter when we start talking about forgiveness. It is something that, you know, it's a very sensitive topic because we live in a broken world and there's a lot of evil and hate and things have happened. There's a lot of mess in this world that we live so I do not want to minimize the aspect of forgiveness. And this is also partly why we have uh, pastoral care. And if this is a topic that you are struggling with, I want to encourage you to please seek pastoral care in the church so that we can walk again. But what I find fascinating here is just the illustration that Christ himself was humiliated on the cross for me and you. What he went through on the cross is he was, you know, laid there, was for your sin, for my sins, to be forgiven. There are certain things I really, I really don't <laughs> want the world, people to know about that I have done because I have failed in some regards and in some areas in my life. But he came and he redeemed me. And he came and I know I can stand here in confidence because of what Christ did for me. And I can say the same about you. I can say the same about you, that you know that Christ has forgiven you for certain things that you don't want other people in this room to know about. But he came and he forgave you. And so there's also an expectation that if he has done this much for us, what about us? What about us who have been wronged by someone else and we are holding tightly onto that? It is like the parable of that man that we hear about who's forgiven much by, uh, by, by the rulers, forgiven so much. But when it's time for him to forgive little, 
he's holding is saying, no chance, I'm going to throw you in jail. It is like, like that for us. We hold on to too much, and unfortunately, holding on and really having unforgiveness hinders a lot of things, including our own prayers as well. And so it damages you more than what you think as you continue to hold on to it. And this is why I highlight and I say, please, let us seek pastoral help in this matter. Let us pray together today and trust God to break through, to help you soften your heart, soften your heart to forgive. It is painful. It is hard. But he comes and he says, you know, forgive, forgive others as he has also forgiven us as well. And so it is a challenge to us as Reading Family Church, not an easy challenge, but a challenge that will bring forth growth in your life, that will bring forth really destroying hindrances of the evil one and territory that he wants to play with in your life as you release and you forgive others. And then it goes on and it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here I choose also a few verses. Uh, 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will, will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? <laughs> Referring to light as darkness. How great is that darkness? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what, uh, that you need them. It is extremely important for us to guard our hearts, because from the heart, you know, the, the heart is very deceitful and life flows from it. But also I mean, another key component is our eye. You know, you, our eyes are so, so sometimes so dangerous. You, everything is fine, everything is going well, okay, you're just taking a straw, all of a sudden you, you see a, a, a fantastic, a handsome hunk out there, uh, or a beautiful lady, you did not plan for it. Or, uh, or you are just, you know, driving along and you see another beautiful car, your eye, you are gone, gone just like that. Um, envy, envy has come in. Uh, you visit someone else in their house, ah, I don't know, this thing I, I really, I really, the eye, the eye, <laughs> the eye is something else. The eye is something else. I, I, I just love um, job. Uh, in all the turmoil and, and all the, the, the pain that he was going through, he says in Job 31.1 that I have trained my eye not to look at a woman lustfully. I have trained. I've trained this thing. And I'm asking myself, okay, what are some of those guardrails that we are putting in our lives? What are some of those you know, guardrails that you are putting in to guard your eye against evil? To guard you know, the, against temptation and things that can bring you down. So how do you, how do you guardrail your, your finances, for example? I give you some examples. I mean, I, again, not asking you to practice these things, but examples. You know, my, any account I have, whether it's in South Africa, it's, in, it's here in, in England, Sarah has full access to my accounts. It's, it's part of me guardrailing our finances. You know, what are some of those things that you're doing that will guardrail, that will protect you? I know, I mean, we... One spoke uh, another time about uh, covenant eyes. Um, that helps for accountability, even when, uh, in aspects around porn. I mean, these things come from the eye. The eye stimulates these things. And I'm asking, 
Reading Family Church, can we be proactive when it comes to guarding our eye, when it comes to protecting ourselves from evil as well? And so, in drawing this to a, to a close, I see something beautiful about the Lord's Prayer that I'm hoping you are seeing as we are going along, that this is a powerful declaration. It's a powerful prayer. It is about him. When we start and we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we are giving back all the praise to him. Less about me, more about, about you. You deserve all the praise. You deserve all the glory. When we talk about your kingdom come, your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it is leveraging on a kingdom that is far greater and beyond our wildest dreams and imagination. But it's also saying, I will trust in this kingdom. Give us today our daily bread. You know, emphasis on worry. Do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Catch your minds, your thoughts captive. Subject them to the word of the Lord. He will provide for my needs according to his riches and glory. He will come through for me. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let us not hinder our prayers, Reading Family Church, because we're holding on to this. I encourage you to seek pastoral care around this matter. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What are some of those guardrails that you're going to put in your life around the eye, the heart, to protect yourself as well? As we make the prayer, it is also a responsibility on us to put some guardrails in our lives and protecting ourselves. The guardrail is so important. It helps you uh, avoid, I mean, the car may be a little bit damaged, but it helps you avoid falling off a cliff. Um, and that's what a guardrail is. And so what are some of those guardrails that you are saying? You can still hit it, but at least you are protected and you are safe. I am going to pray uh, in this moment and I'm going to pray and trust God that maybe there's a section in the Lord's Prayer that has stood out for you this morning. I want to encourage you to really gaze on it, to spend some time on it, and to hear what God is saying, more about him, less about you. Depending on him, the provider. He is our provider. Leveraging on the kingdom that is far greater than what we can imagine. Dealing with forgiveness in our hearts avoiding temptation, and continue to pray against temptation. But I also feel this morning, before I pray for us in general, that we have people, people that have been coming to church but are really not leveraging on this kingdom that we're talking about. And it would be really remiss of me not to give an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior this morning. That you have been trying to do things in your own strength, relying on your good habits, your good deeds, that I'm a good person, I do not swear, I, do, I give, I do all kinds of things, but you have not received Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. I do not want you to leave this place without leveraging on this kingdom that is far greater than what you can do with your own abilities and your own hands. So if we can bow down our, our heads this morning, Church, I, I want to tell you this morning, without mixing my words, that life is hopeless without Jesus. 
If you do not know Jesus, life is hopeless. And I think it would be remiss for us just to continue going and plowing on without giving each other this opportunity to receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. This is the best decision that you can ever make in your life, to say, I will follow you, to change tact and rely less on yourself and more on, on God. And so if you are here, I want to encourage you to be bold and raise your hand. I would like to acknowledge that hand and pray with you this morning and, and really trust that there will be changes that will take place in your life. God does not promise us a better life, but he promises, he promises us a new life in him. So if you're here, why don't you be bold enough just to raise your hand and I'll acknowledge and pray with you as well uh, this morning.